0: Welcome to the podcast Successful as Fuck. I am your host, Raya Gonzalez, and this podcast is a compliment to my book, Successful as Fuck, which is due out September 2022. The book explores success in all its forms through the lens of my personal story. But on these episodes, we're going to hear from people just like you and their stories of unconventional success and tenacity. Tune in, ask questions. And stick around for the fun. Um, If you're joining us, I am here with Ian Price Murphy. And we are going to talk about, first of all, the return of successful as fuck. Um, if you're uh, if you're averse to swearing, this is not the show for you. Maybe like by the like, title, no. <laughs> that would be an indicator. Uh, but we really like to dig into what does success mean to different people um, in different stages of their life in different situations, because that is the premise of my book, which is now out. Woo-hoo. Um, and uh, that's the premise of the movement that I am um, really trying to get started in terms of embracing our life where we are, and using that motivation to move forward instead of using other people's metrics to, um, you know, bring us to a place where we feel unsatisfied with where we're at. So um welcome to the show if you would just tell us a little bit about yourself and um and how you serve people yeah
1: uh my name's ian price murphy price is my married name because i thought it was hilarious to be a bookkeeper named price (laughs) plus i had a huge crush on vincent price when i was a kid which is a little bit weird but there you go um Uh, And so I founded a company called Moxie Bookkeeping and Coaching, and we help creative entrepreneurs get at a glance financial clarity without spreadsheets so they can focus on the impact rather than getting crushed by the money stuff.
0: Yes. So important. Tell me why you picked Moxie for your business, because I love that
1: we were actually named by a client. So this was back in, you know, the early 2000s. And I knew that I was hiring my first person. Um, And I didn't want to just call it, you know, Ian Murphy consulting, because I was like, that sounds boring and weird and not like me at all. And plus, I don't want this to all be about me. And so I was, um, I was with a client. And, and one of them said, you know, I've always wanted to name a business Moxie. And I was like, that's perfect. I'll do it. it. Is. I'm in. And that
0: was it. I love it because I feel like it really embraces what you're trying to do. It's like so many people, um, I always tell people because I do virtual assistant matchmaking, like if the very, very first thing you have to offload is your bookkeeping. Like if you don't, and also if you don't have a CPA, like that also needs to happen. And PS, those are not necessarily the same thing. Um, usually not. And you should have a very like close relationship with the person who's doing your bookkeeping because they're the ones that are going to translate what's happening in your business. Um, and I think like I, I personally, I was just telling Ian, I have somebody, a bookkeeper do my personal finances. Um, not everybody is able to do that, but it really helps me to understand where things are going, um, on a personal level. And so it's something that is really, really important. Um, and people should, we just aren't given that level of education in an entrepreneurial way, or even in a personal way. And it does take Moxie because you have to have the guts to like, it's kind of like standing naked in front of somebody. (laughs) You know, like really so, yeah. say like, here I am. Yes, I really did spend all my money on that thing. You know, like it wasn't, I learned not necessarily the right choice, learned a lesson there. Um, and so I think that it's uh, it's very, very telling. And um, it also just really embraces the fact that you have Moxie. Like you're saying, you know, I'm I'm not here for everybody i'm not for everybody but if you want to join me in being um gutsy and really taking things to the next level and creatives i think uh get overwhelmed a lot by this process and so they can put their head in the sand because they don't necessarily because it's their art they don't embrace that it's also their business sometimes so um I, you know, the fact that you're serving that audience as well is really important. So thank you for what you do. Yeah,
1: my pleasure. I love it. So there's a couple (laughs) of things that you said that I think are worth sort of digging into a little bit. Um, Number one is what is the difference between a tax accountant and a bookkeeper? So um, I think of your tax person as your compliance specialist. They're the person that translates whatever is in your bookkeeping software into the language of the IRS. Um, you know, they're there to make sure that you're paying the least amount of tax legally possible, and and all of the you know legal stuff around that. Right? Should I right. be an LLC? Should I be an S corp? Is it okay to be a sole proprietor? Those are all things that it, that a CPA, a certified public accountant, or an EA, an enrolled agent, can help you with. Those are the people who are okay by the IRS to file your taxes on your behalf. A bookkeeper uh, is someone who's going to help you with the day-to-day transactions, translating the real world into the language of the accounting software that you use, whether that's, you know, pen and paper, Google Sheets, Wave, Zero, QuickBooks, or something else. And both of those folks are looking at what has already happened. Right. Whereas what most business owners are really asking about is am I okay today? And will I be okay tomorrow? Yeah. So they go to ask the people that they know to ask, their bookkeeper and their accountant. And those people will often shrug or create a very, you know, large, complicated multi-tab Excel spreadsheet of guesses that really just doesn't connect those dots. So the reason that I named my company Moxie Bookkeeping and Coaching is because people know that they need a bookkeeper, but they don't really know what that means. And so I'm trying to like find the balance between uh, using the same language as my clients and letting them know that there's way more than that. Because I actually don't think you need a bookkeeper first. And I'll tell you why. Tell me. Definitely you need a CPA, right? You want someone to help you get started on the right foot, be in compliance, et cetera. And I actually think the next person when you're offloading your bookkeeping work is not necessarily what they call a full charge bookkeeper, somebody that really understands debits and credits and software, but a virtual assistant. Yeah. Because a virtual assistant is going to help you manage your business, including a little bit of hey, what did you spend this money on? Why did you get this money? Let's organize that, right? Yeah. Your accountant, most accountants do a little bit of bookkeeping, or if not, they'll refer you to a bookkeeper. And I am in agreement with you. I think those should be two different people for checks and balances. Right. So um, what we at Moxie do is actually something called controllership, but it's such an ugly word and nobody knows what it means that we just go, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, just we're, we're bookkeepers. Um and, you know, and I often use that very same analogy of of going to a financial professional is a little bit like going to the dermatologist, yes. right? You go and you're like, hey, I've got a little spot on my cheek I want you to look at. And they're like, great, strip naked. We're going to check you everywhere. And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. That's <laughs> not, uh, not what I said. Yeah, for. exactly. So, yes.
0: I love that. And it's funny, too, that you say that because um, that actually comes into play in many, many ways about what we're talking about in in both sides of my business in that um, with the virtual assistant side, many people just want a virtual assistant that has some bookkeeping experience because they just want people to help them with the day-to-day stuff, um, although a lot of them want a little more strategy, which I have to tell them that's not what a virtual assistant does. Um, but also, I that's like, what we, a
1: bookkeeper does.
0: P.S. Right, exactly, exactly. So what uh, the the other side of things is like what we're talking about in terms of um success is so tied to finances. You know, people really think um that financial success is the measurement of actually being successful. And what I'm trying to tell people is number 1, that is bullshit. Number 2, Um, there are other ways if that's not what's important to you. And so don't like get caught up in the fact that that's the only way, because for me personally, I don't need to make millions of dollars. Like I want to have a lifestyle that I want to have, um, and be comfortable and comfortable means something different to me than it means to somebody else. Like, I don't, you know, like I I just want to pay my bills and like, See my daughter in California sometimes and like be able to have some flexibility in my schedule and, you know, like not feel like I'm a burden financially. Like those are the things that are important to me. If I can do all those things, super abundant, feeling great. You know what I mean? And so, you know, in business and in real life, financial success looks different for every person, Um, but it's so important and it does define for many people their self-worth their um you know their feeling about you know where they are in the ups and downs of life so let's talk let's like dive into the juicy goodness of your journey and how you got to this place of like helping other people with this but if you let's go back further and say you know is uh you know when you started out let's say started out can mean many things but i usually say like in the beginning of adulthood as you're forming your opinions you know, where did you see things going? What did success look like for you? And, you know, how have things changed as you've like moved through life? Like, is, are there things that have happened that have um, changed that for you?
1: Yeah. So, um, so yes, and. Uh, I will tell you my story and I'm going to blow apart some of the things that I think I hear people say all the time, like yeah. enough is enough for me. I don't need to make millions, et cetera. And I'm not saying anyone should, but like, let's first of all, acknowledge that a million dollars just is not that fucking much anymore. No, it's really not. Right? (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah. So if you're uncomfortable by saying, I don't want to make millions, right? Like, let's actually check that because maybe you do.
0: Right. I was, I should say, I should caveat. Yes. Choke me with abundance. Like I'm not turning it away. Right. I'm just saying that the the threshold of like what comfort means to me is like, I'd be happy there. Like I'd be happy there. But like also if millions came to me as I work through these things, like bring it, bring it, I will take it all.
1: And I, right. So I would say rather than just being open to it, and I'll tell you, you know, again, how I got to this opinion rather than simply being open to it It's my mission to make radically kind people comfortable with money. I love that. Right? Money is not neutral. Money is a force, a tool for good. It is. Yeah. So money is absolutely not the point. Impact is the point. And it is so important for us to remember that the the world we live in, like it or not, money facilitates impact right so let's let's actively scoop towards us as much as is ethical so that we can turn around and give it away and make that impact because yes. again probably a lot of us are like i could live on not a lot of money great let's bring it in anyways so that so that we can make those changes that we want to see in the world, right? So, I love that. So, you know, and I started this journey hard and fast and young. I had a bankruptcy in my early 20s. So, you know, growing up, middle-class family, I heard, work hard and you'll succeed. Not necessarily wrong, but certainly not the full picture. Right. So for someone willing to work as hard as I was willing to work, I thought there would be no problem. It didn't even occur to me, right? And part of that was I was financially illiterate. As you alluded to earlier, we are none of us given this information. Right. How money works. How to write a check, right? Like how do you how do you know how much you're supposed to be spending on XYZ? We all have to pursue that knowledge, and if that's not where our hearts are, it falls to the bottom of the list. So here I was in my 20s, trying really hard to, you know, be frugal and have a life. So um, at the time that I declared bankruptcy, I was living in a four bedroom apartment with seven roommates. I was not traveling, right? I was working three different jobs. But because I lived in an urban center that was not low cost, uh, gas and groceries went on my credit card and yes. every time i had uh, a sick day that was not covered by any sort of benefits of course every time i changed jobs to try to better my situation a little bit every time i tried to change apartments um every time i had a roommate skip out without paying a phone bill like i i was not making a living wage and i didn't know it because i was working so hard i was like right. but i'm right I'm waitressing and I'm temping and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And, you know, how does this, I don't understand how this can't work because I don't know how to work any harder. And again, not having been taught anything about how many works, um, you know, and, and having that work hard and you'll succeed layered in with follow your passion and the money will come. Fuck you. No, right. it won't unless I know how to bring it in. Right. That it just it it put me at a serious disadvantage until I, you know, I was earning nine dollars an hour. So I like right. gave up all of my artistic pursuits to like get a straight job full yes. time in a, you know, for a for a construction company and as their office manager and was making nine dollars an hour. Right. And that's because the business owner was broke and that was all she could afford to pay. Right. Me. So when I was like, hey, you know, most people that do what I do earn like At least $15 an hour. She was like, "Ah, I'll give you $9.25, right? And so this was a moment, and thankfully it happened early in my 20s. This was a moment where I was confronted with the reality of my values, my integrity, and my hard work not being valued by anyone else. To the point where when I did the math, at my current rate of pay i could work the rest of my life and never pay off this debt and like let me tell you how shitty that felt right right like i i'm i am a young <laughs> able-bodied white woman right like I, I i am not significantly disadvantaged what the fuck right it must just be me I must be doing something wrong. Well, no, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I just didn't have the information. I was, again, just financially illiterate. So I chose to file for bankruptcy, which felt like a huge personal failure, right? Not just a behavioral failing, but like I failed at life. Right. And um, thankfully, I'm ornery enough that the deal that I made with myself was, I'm going to figure this shit out. I'm going to figure out how money works, and I'm going to get paid to do it. Because one of the things I learned while being an office manager was bookkeeping. And so I was like, if I carve away all of the other stuff and just become a freelance bookkeeper, now I can charge $25 an hour for my time, work with multiple clients, so I don't have all of my eggs in one basket. But I began to see this pattern. It wasn't just me. Nobody had any idea how money worked. None of the businesses I worked for. It wasn't just my former boss that didn't have a a business that was well-organized and financially successful. It was most of these people. So again, I continued to pursue like, well, why is that? Well, because business owners are never taught, right? Businesses are started by people who love what they do and are good at it. Right. Not necessarily by people who are trained entrepreneurs. So, you know, creatives are my people. My father is a jazz musician. uh, And, and it just became very clear to me that my ability to say, I'm going to figure out how this money stuff works was a unusual skill. And that most of my friends were like, oh my God, how can you stand to look at those things? And, and my career was born. I love that.
0: My, I don't know if you know this, but my dad's also a musician. And um, it's funny because my dad, I always say like, so my full name is Amariah Grace. And um, people are like, oh, my God, this is so beautiful. I'm like, thanks. Try being five with that name. Um, but uh, it means like God has promised grace. And they're like, oh, where did that come from? Or Because it's Hebrew. And they're like, are you Jewish? I'm like, no. I am what happens when a hippie musician and a hippie artist get married, get born again, and then there you go. Um, but both of my parents, very creative. Um, and, um, like that's like spread out through, throughout my like siblings and stuff. Um, and I thought for the longest time that I, I was not, because I did not express myself in that way. Um, but I have found through business and through, I mean, obviously I wrote a book, so there's something there. Um, but, um, I have found that there's other layers that you can be creative that aren't traditional. But also money was such a different thing. Like for us, and um, you know, my dad actually came from a very wealthy family, Um, and that was something that he, um, at least from my perspective, rejected because it it um, he you know because he was in that era of really like um, trying to change the the way that the world was, and so for us it was not just survival; it was more like be happy with what you have and um this is what we have and um you know from that my mom is an amazing cook like she can literally go to a pantry and be like i have these like five ingredients let me make this like amazing thing you know i i don't have that talent um but you know they they were very creative in the way that they raised us financially and but it didn't give me a big picture of like what could be Like, I really felt like maybe those layers of financial achievement, I also was a very overachiever, hard worker. So I thought, like, I'm just going to work really hard and then my life is going to be okay. Like, the ultimate would be if I had no debt, that would mean that I had, like, I was rich if I had no debt. Um, I had to very, very quickly and very, um painfully learn the power of credit um meaning not just credit cards i mean like why you need to have credit in the first place and that just because you have no debt does not mean that you have good credit um and we've made enormous financial mistakes along the way and that has like uh that has weighed on my self-definition of success Because again, each one of those uh, financial impact decisions have felt like um, a failure. And even in being like, people think because you're an entrepreneur that you have it like all together. And PS people, a lot of times that means you're fucking broke. Like you're putting your whole heart and soul finances into something that you're taking a risk is going to pan out at some point. And so you're sacrificing to be able to do that. And so what Ian is saying in terms of really understanding the big picture is empowering you to have more success in whatever that might be. And it's challenging you in your personal values of what you think success is. And um, I love that you took this experience that could have like derailed you and just said like, I'm just gonna, you know, like. I mean, there's so many things that we could just say like that's my lot in life and i'm going to be in a four bedroom with seven people forever
1: um or god forbid get a corporate job
0: <laughs> right well and one of the examples of this that i think is so pertinent and so um related to this is so my daughter my eldest she's 23 she when she was 21 she moved out on her own and um, which was a surprise because she like that wasn't something that she was really like, you know, not I don't want to say motivated because it sounds like whatever, but it wasn't important to her. And was not important to us either. And then she lived for two years in an apartment with one roommate and it was going good. And she just decided, you know what, I don't want to move back into the house, but like I want to move home and I want to have more freedom to plan for my future, all those kinds of things. And we have like a camping trailer. So we made it into a tiny home. Yeah. And so it's like literally beautiful. You walk in, there's art hanging on the walls. Like it is full on a tiny home, but we're able to help her in that way. She participates financially to the household and helps us in other ways. Um, But it's more ideal. And there needs to be like an like embrace that, like be um, creative with whatever your reality is so that you can achieve your level of what success is from a financial standpoint, or even not, like you said, Money is the vehicle, you know, like money is the vehicle to that thing. Yeah. And so um, I love that she felt comfortable to do that. I freaking love having her around. I love that she goes away. I love that, you know, like she pops in and she's like, okay, what are you doing? You know, like, and then she's like, all right, peace out. You're getting too much for me. Like,
1: <laughs> I mean, that's so, how families used to be organized, right? Yes. Before we got like this weird 50s or notion of yes. the family unit. Yeah, you know, families used to be much more flexible. I mean, yes. and I just want to go back for a second because I think it's important to me to to nail down the word creative,
0: not yeah. nail down,
1: but you know, you saying I have people in my family that are creative. I never felt traditionally creative. That's actually one of the reasons that I use the word creatives rather than saying photographers or artists or whatever, is because a lot of my creatives, quote unquote, are health coaches or right. life coaches or business coaches, or we've got a couple of lawyers who consider themselves to be creatives because they're creative problem solvers. Right. So, so there are people who can find, I mean, and again, I feel like I've taken something as dry as bookkeeping, and by focusing on the strategy of it, and the how do we bring the mix of what could be and what you want to be and what is together into this new thing, like that feels very creative to me. You know, we're creating the life that you want. Um And, and just, and so there was another big thing I heard in there about reinvesting into the business, right, and sacrifice. And I also just want to like, put some flashing red lights on that because we've all heard this a million times. The journey is the destination, Mm -hmm. right? Do not over sacrifice. Do not give up today for tomorrow. Balance, balance today for tomorrow, right? The best person who's going to take care of tomorrow. You is today. You yes. Yes. And, if you are holding yourself in a place of smallness, whatever that means, emotionally small, you know, financially small, cramped in physically, whatever, like go expand that shit, right? Like those fucking walls down because there's no reason. If I had a better memory, I would quote that beautiful poem written by the woman whose name I can't remember, that <laughs> Nelson Mandela recited at his inaugural thing about like, who are you to be small? Right. How dare you be small? Right. And that doesn't mean don't be content, right? That is like the greatest gift we can give ourselves is being so appreciative of what we do have. Even when it's not a lot, but it does not mean turning off the hope and desire for a big, beautiful, brilliant, bold, everything for everyone all around us. Yes. Ourselves included.
0: I so agree. And that's like, um, there was a lot of confusion for me with the book. Because it doesn't traditionally tie in to my business, which is a lot of because books, a lot of times people don't know you a lot of times don't make tons of money from writing a book. It's what the book gives you access to that makes you the money. And uh, so I thought, well, you know, did I do the right thing? Because it's not um, going to, you know, I do VA matchmaking, like, you know, whatever what is so beautiful about the book is I am free to love on people in this like very unique way. Um, I have like, I wonder if I have, yeah. So Ian has one too, but I've been making these like um, bookmarks that are made out of resin. And um, I am making them like I, and so I'm connected with a bunch of Instagram influencers in the bookstagram world. And I decided that these are all labels i'm making um bookmarks for this teacher who teaches eighth grade because god bless her soul jesus christ middle schoolers love them all but like seriously um just the bo alone she deserves everything um but i said like can i make bookmarks for all of your students and she's like there's like a lot and i was like (laughs) bring it on like send me the list of their first names like don't give me any personal information but you know i mean yes that is something out of my pocket and time brings me so much joy that money that i'm spending that time that i'm spending is a vehicle and that is success yes that is success that's creative like not just because i'm creating art i'm getting creative with my mind like what can i do with my gifts talents thoughts um like i have the superpower of connecting people i have the superpower of loving on people um I need to create a superpower on receiving that love and being more graceful in allowing myself to receive all the love that's around me. And I know that, but in the meantime, let me spoil everybody else, you know? And so, um, that's really important in terms of this journey that you've been through and the people that you're serving right now too, because people need to understand that just because I say traditionally creative, because. People think creative means art, music. You know, uh, my older sister makes jewelry, soap, um, makeup, nails. Like she can make nail polish. My younger sister, there's not a freaking thing she can't do. She plays so many instruments. She paints, like she does all these things. And my children are in theater and music and art and all these things. And I thought, well, I don't do any of those things to the level that I would think is good. So I'm not creative. That's not true. Look at what I'm doing you know, my creativity is allowing me to respond to 190 comments in somebody's Instagram feed. That's like a review on my book and asking them about, um, you know, asking them about their life or finding ways that connect or, you know, like really connecting with strangers in a way that is not creepy, first of all. Um, (laughs) And like, just, you know, being human existing in this world and acknowledging people. And we need to know that those things are creative too.
1: Absolutely, right? I mean, it's the same thing with the word success, right? You can't let yes. someone else's definition hold you back. Yeah. Because because we are all creative and being a creative however that manifests for you, right? Even if it's so let me just out myself here. My quote unquote creative, my artistic endeavor. Is latch hook,
0: right? The like most
1: basic. Cannot I don't have to worry about stitch pressure or like I'm I'm not going to do knitting often enough to be able to make anything reasonable, right? But like latch hook is very meditative for me. I love it. It's really messy, which I you know what I mean. So I I it doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be pretty. It's just about doing the thing. Same with dancing. Love salsa dancing. Boy, am I awful at it. Right. Okay. Who cares? Right. right? And used to do Zumba and it was
0: the same thing. I almost like, at first I felt self-conscious and then I was like, how ridiculous can I look? Like, yeah. let's just go there. Like, let's just make this super awkward because then you have more fun and you're laughing and you're like, it's, it just brings something out of you that yeah. is different and that's how I feel at what you were describing about latch hook. That's how I feel about resin. I just kind of get lost in them. Like, yeah. ooh, whatever. I put a little bit of glitter there? And I do, you know, like, and it's messy and it's like all these things, but it's, it's just this thing that, um, and again, some, some, for some people that's like data entry, yeah. you know, like for some people that's creating something really beautiful that somebody like um, in technology that other people would think is really, it like, could be coding. It could be, you know, like whatever it might be, it could be bookkeeping. Like the fact, yeah. I always tell people like, you want to know what's sexy? I could eat dinner off my books. Like they are spotless. Like there is nary a missing receipt. Like, you know what I mean? Like that is sexy to me. And, um, you know, love the bottom line to be a little bit more, but that's with time. That's fine because I know where I'm at. Like I'm real with where I'm at. And so I think, I mean, the whole purpose of all of this is to say, number one, money is important, but it is not the measure of your success. Even like, let's flip that and say, even if you have bundles of it. Oh yeah.
1: Maybe especially.
0: billions right? of dollars. Yeah. That does not make you successful. It means you have a lot of money. Awesome. What are you doing with it? Right. You know, yeah, do you, how do you what's feel? The yeah. yeah. What's the impact? And so, um, you know, I think that that's all in, that's like really important and understanding. And also, I think that what you said about financial literacy, that w- like we need to like get together and do something about that, because I think if we were able to do something for younger generations, they would feel more free. To make decisions yeah. about their happiness, um, because so many people feel trapped, and um, and that's the like catch point is for most people this is like the it is their impact. It's also their living. So it's like how do they give their time to the people who need it the most? Because they can't give and give and give until they themselves are also in that situation. Right. But there is a need. So you know, again, maybe it's how we all come together and give what's acceptable and appropriate and available for us so that we can empower others to have impact in their own lives so that they also can continue to give to other people yeah in their own way that is creative and successful
1: yes and and again i you know i always try to encourage people to do it for themselves yes first yes right you can't pour from an empty cup there's, and I just, I also always want to acknowledge that it's so easy to talk about what we could do, what we should do, et cetera. Yes. But if we're not addressing psychological safety as a root cause, oh, yeah, 100%. We're not getting to the problem, right? So all of this talk about, which we haven't even done, scratched the uh, surface on yet about like mindset and, you know, just decide or just do or da da da, like, one of the things that that held me back for a long time and honestly still does, um, is again, my family's opinion about money. Yeah. And they don't think it's a force for good, right? So, so, you know, <laughs> um, my parents chose to raise me in Palo Alto, California. It was the 70s. It wasn't the same then as it is now. But it, you know, I mean, Stanford University is there. I actually grew up on campus because my mom was in school. So they raised me surrounded by insane wealth. But that message was always followed up with don't don't get too big for your britches. Right. Mm. And I think my mother actually um, allowed me to go to a private school for part of my high school career because my friend was going there. And she let me go in with the caveat of if you start you know acting like a snob i'm going to put you out of there so fast your head's going to spin right and so it was very very clear throughout my entire life from both of my parents that money is dirty right? right that money devalues art that money you know will make you a bad person and so it's so important to like be able to find again the psychological safety of i can i'm safe to disappoint my parents it's yeah. okay, right? And where's the evidence of that that I can see every day of like i I don't actually need their approval to breathe. It's nice to have their approval, of course, right. And it's not worth sacrificing my comfort and happiness. um and and really just sort of like, look, you know, looking at that. and if you need to look at that with a therapist, please do, right? Right Because that's like so mild. And there are people who have real deep, actual trauma around this. Right. And so you see in the background I have the book Profit First by Mike Michalowicz and Profit First Certified to me Love that, that is. Yep. Yeah. That's the book that provides the the structure for how we handle money. What's appropriate, what's not, what can I actually afford? how much is too much how much is not enough so that it no longer becomes an opinion oh my god i'm paying myself so much oh my god i'm not paying myself enough it's what can the business afford and so especially for people who are transitioning maybe from a full-time gig to a you know their own business negotiating how do i fund the new business that maybe isn't earning enough yet to survive on its own without jeopardizing my own my personal financial security. Um, And again, that's, that's my happy place is helping people find the, you know, tailoring that structure to them. Right. Like, so I think of the book profit versus like an off the rack suit. Like it's great. It fits. It works. Yay. People love it. And like, now let's go let in, you know, let out the sleeves a little bit longer, take the legs up a little bit more, like tuck it at the waist. So like you look good in that suit it fits and you
0: feel you. good you, and you feel, feel good. good yeah for sure well I know you have a hard stop and um what I think we're gonna do because I think Ugh. this is important to like move into this conversation is I'd love to have you back and have more of a conversation around the mindset um portion of this because I think it is what pulls us back from being successful um and finding out what that means for us you know, mm-hmm. finding out what, um, what's possible for us so that we can move into these ventures and things that are, um, exciting and life-giving. Um, and so I think, I, I'm not, I think, not think, but I would love to have you back and let's dive <laughs> deeper into that, um, coaching side that you do with people. And we can start at the profit first, like as the structure of things, because um, Ian and I've talked about this. I use profit first. I modify it for myself in a way that feels good. feels I have a tailored suit. Um, I'm gonna modify it again. Like that's how it that's how it works. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that that mindset is a hiccup for a lot of people, um and just this lack of well, lack period, like living in lack, like feeling like it's not possible for me. And that is, um. I think uh, it's a disease in our country. Is this because we have this um, pervasive feeling of what is success? Everything feels impossible, so then we give up, and then we live in this like loop. Yeah. So and and again, yeah.
1: And to acknowledge, like for some people, it has been made impossible. Like that's not always just an internal feeling.
0: No, a (laughs) hundred percent. Like we are speaking from a privileged, privileged place. Um, but there's like generational, um, stumbling blocks to that for so many people. And so there's the mindset component. And then there's the actual, like, this has been made, um, impossible for my family for generations. And how can I do something different? Is it possible for me to do something different? Where do I go to get the support to lift myself from this and then change my mindset so that I can embrace the help that I have? And so um, to be continued, and I would love people to comment with questions for Ian, um, with questions for me, and let's definitely continue this conversation because it is foundational to all of the things that we are talking about. Um, before we go, I want to know um, what's something that and it could be something even that you have told yourself that has gotten you through, but something that has become a mantra for you that um, really has changed your outlook on things um, that um, was like the best piece of advice that anyone's ever given to you.
1: So many options. I mean, I think the thing that stuck with me is the the mantra that I repeated earlier, which is, you know, kind of my rallying cry. It's time for radically kind people to get comfortable with money. Yeah. Right? Just comfortable. Doesn't mean you have to get it or want it or need it or use it, but I need you to be comfortable with that tool, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. I think that's so true. Oh, I can't wait to dive into that more. Like, I already have (laughs) ideas. I'm making notes after this call. Um, And then what would you say in terms of the conversation that we've had today, what advice would you give people um, in terms of um, like something actionable that they could do um, immediately um, to, you know, take some steps closer to this, um, you know, towards this um, radical comfortability with money and, you know, feeling more secure in that, um, in that area.
1: I mean, I think uh, that is a very big question because everyone is is. is starting in a different place. Yes, it is. The the thing that I would challenge people to do, this is my favorite baby step, is take 1% of your business income And put it into a savings account and leave it there, right? Because if you can't not let that money sit and grow, that is telling you some really important information that you need to learn how to listen to and interpret and hear what it's saying. Or you're going to be like, wow, 1%. That didn't feel like a lot. But now when I look six months later, I've got a savings account. I've got an emergency fund. How do I want to use that? to further a personal goal? Do I want to take half of it and pay down debt? Do I want to take half of it and put it into my retirement fund? Do I want to take half of it and go on vacation? Or, you know, take half of it and go get an ice cream cone because maybe there's only 10 bucks in right. there, you know? Exactly. But just having a thing to do weekly, monthly, whatever it is, setting aside 1% of your income into a savings account, I think is uh, beginning to carve a new little neural pathway for our brains to function in.
0: Yeah. And I think if, even if you're not a business owner, most people don't know this, but if you're on payroll, a lot of times you can set a secondary account for things to be deposited to tell your payroll person, you want 1% to go into this secondary account. I swear to God, you're never going to miss it because it's never going to hit your checking account. And so that's something, um, you know, Stay tuned for more tips and tricks, basically. But um, thank you so much. Tell us how we can get a hold of you. What's the best platform that you're hanging out at? Um, how can we get a hold of you?
1: Yeah. So uh, Instagram is my happy place because that's okay. where the puppies and kitties live.
0: Yes. Um,
1: hedgehog. We've made a uh, hedgehog, the unofficial Moxie mascot. Love, Love hedgehogs. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. If you're feeling a little more professional. Facebook, because it's connected to Instagram, but not my favorite platform at all. Right. You can also just go straight to our website, moxiebookkeeping.com and, you know, schedule an appointment. You'll talk to AoN, my business development person. She's amazing and lovely, Um, you know, and we can, we can, we can talk, we can see if there's anything that we can do to assist you with or um, whatever it is.
0: Love it. Love it. And we'll be including all of the details in our show notes. So, um, you know, catch it there, get a hold of Ian and, uh, we'll get you on the right path and we will be, uh, coming back with more information. Thanks for joining us guys. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Successful As Box The Podcast. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and I'm just going to say I had a lot of fun doing this episode and I hope you had a lot of fun listening. We are always have a good time on this podcast because we get to tell the stories of real people just like you i'm going to encourage you please join our pre-launch community it's amazing we get to see all the behind the scenes of what's going on with the book that's due out september 22 and that is also called successful as fuck shocker if you join the community you're going to get the behind the scenes you're going to get the chance to get prizes i love to give those out so don't miss out, guys. The link will be in the show notes, and we hope that you'll come back next time for the next episode of Successful as Buck the podcast.